Hi, I'm Kirsten Leo, and this is the Light Path Podcast, brought to you by thelightpathcollective.com. I am passionate about exploring energetic practices, spiritual principles, healing modalities, and connecting to the experience and wisdom of others to illuminate our paths and live at our greatest capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love. On today's episode of the Light Path Podcast, I am joined by Stacey Walker. Stacey is a marketing specialist, branding and campaign strategist, business mentor, and digital designer. It's safe to say she knows her way around all aspects of marketing. Stacey is passionate about helping women flourish in their soul-led businesses, whilst maintaining integrity and an authentic approach to connecting with their clients. In this chat, we are going to peek behind the curtain of marketing strategies that companies use to pry on your insecurities to get you to spend with them. Whilst unveiling these strategies, it will help you to become a more conscious consumer. I really hope you enjoy this episode. To connect with Stacey, please look at the show notes for all the ways that you can join her campaign for conscious marketing. Welcome, Stacey. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Oh, I'm excited because I'm, as I said in the intro, just getting that peek behind the curtain of literally how we are being, for want of a better word, manipulated a lot by marketing strategy and language. I can't wait to get on the other side of that curtain, see it. So when I'm looking at this stuff that's bombarding my socials and my um, inboxes at the moment, I'm going to be so much more savvy about looking at it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's nice to be on this side of talking to you as well. (laughs) For those of you, well, none of you will know this, but in full transparency, um, Stacey is my right hand everything. (laughs) So, and the reason why I was really um, drawn to um, and really intuitively pulled to work with Stacey is because of her authenticity and and her approach in that it has to be a genuine connection with the brand so it can be the best thing for the consumer if they choose to consume it not in convincing people to be on board with us so that that is what we what I am about and so to find someone that was driven by that completely and in full integrity was like hitting gold. So that is why, um, you know, so much is going to change at the Light Path Collective and and it's all at, most of it, all of it is at your fingertips. (laughs) Yes. And, oh gosh, there's so many exciting changes that are happening and I'm really excited to work together. It's awesome. So let's, in the interest of getting to know you, um, share with us, what is your favourite quote? Well, when you when you ask me that, that just triggers a little bit of a, oh, a really generic response, to be honest. So I, I am a very individual human being and I'm stubborn and I hate doing everything the same that everyone else does. It's very, <laughs> very me. And I do love quotes, but the one that I absolutely adore, and it's one that I've sort of held close to me since I was a little musical theatre kid many, many, many moons ago. And it might seem generic, but it really does just hit home for me. And it um, it is that don't tell me the sky's the limit when there are footsteps on the moon. And I've never heard that. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, Say that again. 
don't tell me the sky's the limit when there are footsteps on the moon. And I remember being told that like when I was really young, like I would probably say primary school, like, you know, as a young performer, um, you know, being told that anything is possible, you just have to dream it, just go for it. There is no limit to how far that you can go and how you can be successful, live your dream. And and that's the sort of theme of it. So while it, it is quite generic for me, and it's not very, uh, you know, dark and mysterious as most of my my stuff is, it just really means something special to me. Oh, I absolutely love that. And I'm kind of, uh, my heart is totally smiling given that our first project together was for me to refine the process of sharing my deepest passion of the moon. Yeah. Yeah. And you were just so all in and you just got it and have cultivated as a result of that even your connection with the moon um, via the moon membership. And and I love that. Like there is no limit to what we can do. Oh, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where that, that comes from. Mm. Oh, love that. All right. Well, let's dive in. Tell us about you, your story. How did you come to be so passionate really about working with businesses in this unique authentic and really aligned way when it comes to branding and marketing? Yeah. So I guess, you know, as when you're young, you sort of get into, I did, um, you know, business administration and all of that sort of stuff, certificates in that. Then I moved into sales and I absolutely killed it. Uh, I think back to all of the tactics and everything that we used back in the day uh, for those sales uh, whilst I've learned a lot through that, um, it irks me now. Like I fully get like the repulsion of, of thinking how I did achieve such fantastic results with sales back in the day. Uh, I went on to do marketing um, and, and more sales. I did a, a huge sales program, which was through, um, you know, it was called Dr. Results. And like, it was ah, just like- Dr. Yeah. Results, I can't. Oh man. Um, so I think back to that, like, I had a really corporate background in sales and marketing um, and a lot, a big chunk of that was then in real estate, which I adored, um, went in and out of, of that, went into more sales positions and marketing. And in the end, I started my own business in creative digital media and hugely successful. I was asked to guest speak at events all around Australia. I, you know, presented at the Sydney Convention Centre and that was all about um, authentic networking on social media was pretty much the theme of everything because I found over time that everything that I learned in the sales and marketing training and certificates that I did do, there was so much of that, um, I guess it was just so surface level. So for me, I just took it that little bit deeper with my own business and achieved great success with that. So that's why I was sort of asked to go and teach others these these tips and these tools for building rapport and networking and building really authentic businesses. From, from there, I then started doing a lot of business mentoring. I continued to run my own businesses, but on the side doing the business mentoring. And then in the end, just completely 100% dove into business mentoring. And I absolutely loved every moment of that. But I found that over time, my creative side was becoming really malnourished. Like it just, I just needed to be able to produce um, having, a, you know, diploma in graphic design. I'm a very artsy 
kid. I was always, you know, in the art room or the music room growing up. And so I decided that I needed to get back to those roots in creative media. And I started a digital marketing business where I was actually able to help develop the websites again and um, yeah, do the, the graphics because as a business mentor, I found that that was like the the part that was missing for me was that I was giving up this advice and telling people, you know, what they should do, what things should and feel and look like, but I wasn't actually doing the production of it. Mm-hmm. And there was a big disconnect and we just found it really hard to find people to bring to life everything that we wanted. And so throwing myself back into that and doing both the mentoring and the digital marketing and graphic design and everything from there. But the reason I, I guess that I became so passionate, it's like my sole purpose now, like I feel like it's a really big calling to teach everyone to unlearn everything they know about sales and marketing, especially when it comes to sales psychology. So I primarily work with spiritual entrepreneurs, lots of coaches and healers and leaders in that space, and uh, they all find sales really difficult and that's because it doesn't feel aligned. They feel like it's really fake and, again, surface level and there are a lot of tactics that are used just to feel gross and a lot of people feel gross when they're being sold to in that way but a lot of coaches will teach you that that, that's the way to close sales. You know, I even hate that term, closing a sale, Mm -hmm. because it's so final and um, I prefer to talk about it as the opening of a relationship rather than closing a sale. Um, And so the language that I use in all my teaching and the methods that I'm teaching people, it's just bringing to life this whole new wave of how we can reach consumers with a really authentic, conscious level of marketing and sales. Now you will understand why I am supposed <laughs> to work with Stacey and the hands that this brand, I guess, do we call the Light Path Collective a brand? I don't like calling it a brand. Uh, yeah, I would, st- I would still say it's, it is it is a brand, but it is so much yeah. more than that. <laughs> yeah, so much more. Um, but, yeah, as you can tell, I like talking, so you keep prompting me (laughs) to shush um but you know exactly what you're talking about there this is why I was so attracted to working with you because this isn't a brand to me this is my identity this is my values this is yes purpose passion all those things and it's not the brand in itself is a, is more a community than I see it as a brand and, and a resource for yes. people. So the reality is, though, many companies do use extremely aggressive um, and really manipulative, and I don't say that lightly because so much of it is so manipulative, marketing strategies. And as we're moving into the end of the year, And the beginning of next year, we know this is the time where all those sales are happening to prompt us to spend more at Christmas. And then I'm just, I just cringe at January when it's all about how you can change your life and how you're going to be super skinny or I don't know, whatever it is that the marketers want you to be. So before we go into the things that you teach and um, the approaches that you have, can you walk us through what do we need to be on the lookout for so that we aren't, I want to say emotionally manipulated because I think marketers yeah. get our insecurities and our vulnerabilities and our emotions 
Like, for example, I'm going to give you, I'm going to start with an example. You just said you talk a lot and now here I go. No, go, like, yeah, go. (laughs) So I remember a few years ago, and I still follow her and I don't know why, but I was following this girl and she's all about being vegan but like bodybuilding almost. And so she has this eight-week shred program, like let's everyone just roll our eyes at that alone, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So I was actually interested in plant-based eating at the time. And so I decided to trial it because you could have like a two-week trial of the program, which was like meal plans and exercise plans. And I wasn't really interested in the exercise plans. I was kind of on top of that, but I wanted the meal plans just to see, you know, how to eat enough protein and stuff like that with um, plant-based diet. And I got it and it was like the dumbest diet because it was just not really telling me much at all, right? So I said, hey, like, I don't want it. So two-week trial, money-back guarantee type thing, I don't want it. Oh, my God. I think I got about six through six stages of emails where they're like, so don't you want to Don't you want to be shredded? Don't mm-hmm. you want to be healthy? And I was just like, oh, my gosh. So, like, I was angry at them. Like, it was just yeah. so gross. And I'm sure people listening, you have had similar experiences. So talk us through what marketers are trying to do to us right now so oh that we're gosh, I have so much exploding out of my brain right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there is so much to talk about because this is such a passion point of mine. Um, but you make a really good point. So one of the things that, you know, with any of my clients, I want it to be really clear and concise on the ways that you can either cancel a subscription or, um, you know, look at refunds and all of that. So transparency for me with sales is hugely important. And I myself have been through so many of those processes where you try to cancel something and you can't actually cancel it yourself in your account online. You have Mm -hmm. to contact them to submit a cancellation request. And that to me is just a complete like put off yuck. I just want to cancel it. I've already made my decision. I'm not doing it lightly. I don't want it. You can't talk me into it. Like even if you offered me a discount, blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot with cancellations and how people do tie that to your emotions and how you can keep paying for the thing because they don't want to lose you because customer retention is one of the easiest ways to scale and make your business successful. So, you know, I've been taught every sales psychology hack um, under the sun. And I just honestly prefer to not use most of them. One thing that you mentioned there is about pain point marketing. And yes. especially with copywriters, you will, no matter what copywriting course you do, you'll find 99.9% of people in sales will tell you to find the pain and you've probably heard this term before, find the trauma and and really highlight why that's a problem and why you should use that in your marketing so that they're attracted to that so they make decisions to make an improvement in their life versus the other aspect of that, I don't use pain point triggers in any of my marketing and I steer all of my clients away from that. Now, it's a proven method that previously consumers are so 
aware of trauma and you know we're we're so conscious of mental health and and other outlying issues that um it's so very in our faces all the time so to have it in our face when we're trying to make a positive change yeah. it actually has started for consumers reversing the decision making process in a negative way so the way that i i teach that is instead of using pain points as your opening to sell anything, what I want you to do instead is to talk about the the results and the positive. You can use the the negatives, but have an empowering conversation about how you shift that rather than just, I know you've done this. And if you're this person, you need to do this. Like it's really quite yucky. Um, and it just honestly just prods people right in the trauma and it can make them feel these negative emotions. And uh, honestly, when I want people to go to my website I want them to feel freaking good not like oh I'm such a terrible miserable person I haven't made sales and I my business sucks like I don't want them to feel that way ever I want them to feel empowered and and like they really want a solution-based you know product so can I just jump in there yeah yeah absolutely I want to be I want to I don't want to throw shade on anyone so I'm being really cautious here. Uh, yeah, yeah no, that's good. <laughs> She's laughing at me going, I know exactly what you're going to be talking about. But I want everyone out there to be super aware of the pseudo-spiritual community mm-hmm. and the pseudo-self-help community that does market this way and actually Ooh, yeah. even calls their books and their lectures or their workshops or whatever the hell that they're doing on pain points. But I also want you to be really, really conscious of people completely going one step further and disguising that on hope points. Mm -hmm. Change your life. You can change your life. Oh, yeah. Um, that is no one's program. I just made that up, but that kind of, (laughs) oh, it's generic. It's everywhere. Step into your power, you know, like all of that real generic speak that really makes people not feel good about themselves. Yeah. So it's like, Um, oh, I, I, I need that. Oh, you can, by doing this, the hope that this is why, and you'll hear a lot more about this next year, but this is why I'm banning the word manifest. So, so passionately because it's like do this course and you can manifest or you can have what you want. No, you can't. You can't. So don't buy into that BS. Mm -hmm. It's about alignment, but more on that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, you've just opened a floodgate. I know. I know. Many other things there. Yeah. (laughs) So So, just not in marketing. This is like, this is is why I sometimes feel really embarrassed to tell people what I do because of all that pain point and hope point marketing that completely covers this industry specifically, but all other industries as well. So I just wanted to jump in and make that point. Oh, no, that's exactly right. About this. We're very passionate. We yeah. want to you. We want to nurture you. We don't. We don't like you say. We don't want to make you feel worse. Yes. And the problem with from you know, if anyone's listening that does have a business and they want to shift the way that they're doing this as well, is that when you're specifically trauma triggering, pain point prodding, the hope pushing, what you're doing is you're attracting people who are stuck 
in mm. that momentum of being the victim and being in pain and they become someone who isn't self-reliant or self-motivated. They need someone to actually push them and motivate them through. So is that the sort of person you want to attract versus leading with empowerment and results? You're actually getting to people who are just those people that want to get it done. They want that. They're driven for that. They want to get that. Um, and that's why it's so important to to think about the people you're actually speaking to as well. But as a consumer, just really look at the websites that you are looking, you know, you're scouring these websites, you're scrolling through. Just think about how that person is is pulling you into trying to make you feel like this is the only thing that is going to help you. You need to do this to have any success. The reason why you're not going to have success on your own is XYZ and they're going to use those those tactics through that that sales copy process. And um, you know, that's that's one really very clear way that there is that that sales psychology hacking with trying to get you to feel like if you don't make this decision, you're going to leave no better. Okay. I think we could like have a whole series on pain point and hope point marketing, but. Oh yeah, absolutely. That I could talk about. I'm trying to like. I know we're, we're trying to contain ourselves here guys. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so what what yeah. else should we be looking for? So pain point marketing. Um, yeah. Hope point marketing. What else? I, I have got notes to rein me in because I knew that we needed to keep this under two hours for this episode. So I do have some notes. <laughs> um, the, the one thing that really irks me as a consumer at the moment, and a lot of people are currently doing this, and I don't know if you've personally seen this, where they give you a value. They're going to say this offer is worth X amount of dollars, but today I'm going to offer it to you for $11. And then every day for the next seven days, that price is going to double. So hurry up and make a decision to join this. Oh, right. Yes. Oh my God. I see this all the time, which is why you'll see with the Light Path Collective, the price is the price. The end. The price is the price. The value is the value. If you're giving me an offer that you're telling me is worth $5,000 and you're selling it to me for $11, I know deep down inside that you only think that it's worth $11 (laughs) anyway, uh, you know, for someone in sales. But as a consumer, what they're doing is creating scarcity and urgency, which is a whole topic on its own. And, And that is not necessary in the sales making process. Honestly, it's something huge that all marketers and sales coaches will tell you is important, but it's not. And I personally feel like it leaves a lot of people out. If you are saying that you're going to be paying more in a couple of days just because you haven't been paid yet and you don't have the money to make a decision right now, that's not fair. Um, There are so many other parts of that that just really irk me, but um, just be aware of when you're seeing things like that, it means that the person selling it to you is just honestly trying to make quick cash in their business and they're not driven by the value that they're about to give you in most cases. Yeah. Can I add to that a societal trend as well? So I have a big problem with the whole sex in the city phenomena. Tell me. Even though I've watched every single one of it. I know. I, I was obsessed until well, I, well, I, I watched it again. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't watch it anymore because Carrie is just oh, my God, I like can't, I can't growing up now. I can't deal yes. with it. Yeah. But here's the problem I have with it because I think they use this exact 
psychology on women. And I think it's, I want to use the F word with an ED on the end. So that's what I want to say. I think it's mm -mm, it's up and out of our femininity because the whole premise, the major premise of that show was that there are not enough men to go around and they Mm -hmm. put us romantically and sexually in scarcity. Exactly what you're talking about there. Yes. So then what was the other message? That we can have sex and date like men. No, we can't. We're women. The end. Full stop. Right? So it takes us out of our femininity and straight into our masculinity and we're wondering why, you know, we're all mucked up in terms of who we are and what we want, especially in our most intimate connections. Mm. But that, so be careful of the scarcity tactics in marketing, but also be very conscious of what you're consuming in the name of entertainment as well. Because remember what we consume, we become. Yes. There you go. I'm, I'll That's step probably- up my now. It's probably why I watched The Big Bang Theory on repeat. It's not the ADHD. It's honestly just I want to I want to be smart, so I'm absorbing as much of the science as possible. Maybe I just need to start watching like marathons on repeat and see if that helps me run a marathon. Well, I could do, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so that, that's a bugbear of mine. No, and no, it's such. A I was like, it's the same about. thing. It's the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's what had us hooked in. And like, will they find one? That's what had us hooked in for six seasons. Uh Yes. And then what happens? Your buddy dies in the end anyway. She could have saved a lot of pain in her life. Oh, God, she was the problem. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the whole other conversation. But when you're thinking about scarcity, it's not only in that instance. Scarcity is used over and over. It's just a rinse and repeat strategy that is everywhere, especially over Christmas and New Year's, because you'll see, and you've just seen it with all the Black Friday sales and everything as well, that you've got to get this discount by this date, this offer's closing, even to the point where they have countdown timers on landing pages and things like that, where things are going to run out, or you only can access this offer for X amount of dollars within the next hour, um, which is, it's, all BS because I've got to be mindful this isn't an explicit podcast. It is all BS because they can sell that product for $7 three hours later. There is no like reason for it. So it's just being really conscious uh, and aware of like all of these little things. Like there is no reason why you shouldn't be able to get this on sale or this offer in, you know, a couple of days time, let alone, you know, after an hour. And like when they say um, three other people are looking at this product at the moment or there's only one left in stock, like I kind of play a little joke with myself because I try to, it's hard to divorce yourself from these scarcity tactics because we're prone to survive. So if we feel we're in scarcity, we're going to push forward naturally as human beings. So when it's like one, oh, there's only one left in stock, I'm like, well, universe, if it's meant for me, it'll be there in 24 hours. It's always there. Always. 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 So yes. that does lead me into that next point okay. that I, I did note down was about sellout launches. And okay. this is honestly widely adapted, especially with celebrities and their makeup lines and things like that. You'll find that a lot of businesses have a sellout and I'm using quotation marks there, you can't see me, but they use a sellout strategy through the launch process 
for scarcity reasons and then they, you know, oh, it was a sellout launch. That not only gets people to shop quickly because things are running out and it's that, you know, I've got to get in quick, but also they can claim that it was actually a sellout launch when it wasn't really. And you'll see that most of those brands, even small businesses here in Australia, do this as well as part of their launch strategies and they do a really quick restock. Now, when you think about printing packaging, getting your product from overseas, you know, (laughs) getting it warehouse, like all of that sort of stuff, there's no way of doing such a quick turnaround restock, which most people do after they have a sellout launch. So that's something to be really mindful of as well when you see that happening. (sighs) Go for it. What else you got? (laughs) I'm like, why am I getting so fuming? I'm like, (laughs) yes, let's get angry. Um, But this is a really good point as well. Like getting fired up about this is what we need. So I'm in this space of wanting to create a movement for conscious sales decisions and and conscious sales marketing. Um, I I just want everyone to get fired up about this and not make purchasing decisions purely because they're aware, they're conscious of everything that's happening around them. So this is like good. This emotion is, this fired up is really good. The one thing that I was personally as a consumer really annoyed about recently was the Black Friday sales. I'm a mum, I've got two little kids and, you know, just for an instance, you know, situation, this happened with a few different products that I'd been looking at. So I was looking at some, you know, the smartwatches that have the 4G network so you can know where your kids are and all that, you know, safety, they can ring you whenever they're, you know, out and about with friends and stuff. And I've been looking at them for weeks, trying to make a decision whether I buy it or not. And they had a price tag on them that was pretty good. It wasn't the recommended retail price, but it honestly been the same price for months and months. Then because I just happened to be on their mailing list, I got the Black Friday emails to say, this product is now going on sale, Black Friday, blah, blah, blah. And the discounted price, and I'm not lying at all here, was the same price as what it had been for months, but they used the recommended retail price, which they weren't selling at anyway, to try and make me purchase it quickly. Again, scarcity and all of that, the sale's going to end, but it wasn't actually any cheaper than what I was looking at two months ago. And it was the same for a couple of different products. You know, we're shopping, we're building a new kitchen and a few things where, where we went into, you know, the big places and they were pushing for these Black Friday sales. And I'm looking online now and they're at the exact same prices now, even though there's no Black Friday sales. So, it's also a, a really good idea. There's a few different tools that you can use for historical um, pricing data online. So if you Google, you can actually look up a lot of the online retailers and track what price it was a few months ago versus now while it's on sale. And sometimes you'll be, I say most of the time, actually, you'll be quite surprised to see that the sales prices aren't really any better than what they've been doing for quite some time. They're just using that momentum and that consumerism, like, oh, it's Black Friday, I've got money, I need to buy. Uh, They'll use that against you to make a decision at that time that you could have made two months ago for the same price. Exactly. My brother-in-law often laughs at me and he calls me, I'm a marketer's dream because (laughs) I love falling for all this crap. Um, And it's that whole concept, isn't it? Like you didn't save 30%. You spent 70% of what you weren't going to purchase anyway. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I have to be honestly, 
I feel like I just need to go to the shops with like a parent so that they can be like, no, you didn't want that dress when it was full price. So you don't, you can't just have it because it's on sale because I'm a big sucker for that stuff. Oh yeah. And most people are like, it. that was actually one of my, my points is that, you know, not giving in to that fear of missing out, that FOMO mm-hmm. over discounts. If it's not something that you had already set an intention to purchase or normally buy just because it is at a discounted price. And and that's something to be really conscious of. I am I would love to go shopping with you because I think Oh God, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't come home like- with I wouldn't come home with anything <laughs> lovely. Oh, oh no! It's so no, boring. I'm, I'm I'm a very good shopper, but I'm I'm just really switched on with this stuff. Yeah. And like I'm the sort of person that uh, like I hate shopping for myself, but I love shopping with others. But uh, you know, I I'm very very smart with you know the the sales and and discount racks and things like that because where even things are positioned in a supermarket, yeah is is placed there to suck you in to buy something and you know the end aisles of the supermarket where those specials are yeah. and you think oh it's just you know because something's on special yeah, coles have made that decision or even the catalogs i actually just as a consumer i want you to know that every single brand that's on the end of the aisle or in a catalog is actually paying to be in that catalog or in the end of the aisle they don't just coles don't what? make the decision of what to put in the catalogs no Stop so it. It's the brands actually paying to be in these catalogs and to sell you things um, or to be placed in the, you know, consumer sections where people are going to make more, better decisions because it's on the end of an aisle, it's on a discount, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say you just blew your mind. Oh, my, what? I might say I'm yeah. a marketer's dream, honestly. I really am. How, how yeah. do we avoid things like, um, you know, if we started talking about pink umbrellas, I know I'm going to see on my Facebook page heaps of ads for pink umbrellas because my phone's sitting right next to me oh, right now. And how do we avoid that? Still all the time, all the time. So a lot of the time everyone always says that, yes, your phone is listening to you. And whilst I can't prove that it is, I definitely know that it does. But also every single website that you click on is tracking your data back to their advertising campaigns. And so- Except ours because we are not that way inclined. Not no, we don't have we don't we don't have it any pixels or anything loaded into into uh, the Lightpath Collective. But um, you know, it's something to be really conscious of. Mm. Apple changed the game and really disrupted the whole advertising and marketing industry when they changed the settings in iOS so that it actually prompts you ask app not to track and. I'm so sorry. I'm an Apple person. If Samsung have it, yay. I just, I'm not yeah. aware. I'm not in that space at all. But for Apple, you can say to the app that you don't want them to track your data. And that's really important. Um, Facebook in particular now as a marketer, because we don't get as lot um, as much data from consumers, it does make it a little bit harder. So there are different ways that we use the the data differently. 
Um, but it's it's really important to switch all of that on. You can also go into your Google account and you can actually change your advertising settings and how people market to you. You're in complete control of that. Oh. Um, and the same with Facebook or Meta ads. You can click on your little kebab menu and it'll ask, you know, you can say, why am I seeing this? And it'll actually give you the insights into what that advertiser's targeting. And you can actually change your, your settings within the, the meta verse there as well. So, you know, there it's are not a few as if I don't want to be marketed to, I just don't want to be manipulated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So use the the hide ad um, as much as you can if you're scrolling Facebook, hide the ads. Give them the feedback why you don't want to see the ad. And if it's someone that you really just don't want to see, again, just hide everything from that particular business. And it actually does make Meta more aware of what interests you. So you will have more things popping up in your feed that are of interest to you rather than just a whole bunch of crap that you don't want to see. Yeah. So now that we've kind of peeked behind that metaphorical curtain, so to speak, and and raised our conscious awareness just slightly through you sharing those strategies, let's. I want to wrap this up on a more <laughs> positive note, and I, yes. I would just love for you to talk through the way you are proactively and practically are flipping this script with your crusade. Um, on authentic- I like that crusade. <laughs> An authentic marketing. Yeah, yeah. So I I do a lot of uh, free trainings and education. I love educating others, and I have a, a Facebook group. Um, which I do a lot of my educating in. That's a free community and I absolutely love that. But, um, you know, on the other aspect of that, of course, I am mentoring businesses who want to make that shift and to change the way that they're making sales. And even just from landing pages and websites to even how they deal and interact with clients when they're on a call or anything like that. So, you know, there's a few different ways that we we go about that, but it, it is absolutely something I'm so passionate about for sure. So if, you know, we're wanting to work with you, for those of you that do have businesses out there that maybe do want to approach it differently, like I do with my brand, how can we find you? How can we work with you? Or even if we don't, but we just want to raise our consciousness in this and just see what you're drip feeding out there, where can we find you? Yeah, I spend a lot of my time in my Instagram stories. So you'll get some little tidbits from me every day. Um, and that'll be linked through the the notes of the, the show for this one. Um, and you can follow my digital marketing website. I can I can link that below as well if you guys want to see that. Um, and yeah, Facebook. So I have a Facebook community called Mission Driven Women. So we, we welcome anyone, whether you have your own business or not, or you just are aligned to be more conscious and, and mission driven, or if you have a legacy that you want to leave in this world, that's a space for you. Uh, I do also have a podcast yeah. with my beautiful sister who is a business astrologist so we combine forces on our podcast and it's pretty much just trash talking their whole industry (laughs) most of the time every episode is just a bit yeah like that just opening up uh the awareness of things that are happening more so the the coaching and healing space um rather than just general consumers but we absolutely have a blast um with that podcast as well 
Well, thank you so much, um, per, you know, from a personal standpoint and hopefully on behalf of you guys listening to this that do interact with the Light Path Collective and the brand itself, me personally, but also the brand and all our beautiful, you know, um, practitioners that we do have on it, um, we want to thank you for, you know, making this space and cont- like lots of changes next year, guys, um, that Stacey has got her fingers in and beautifully making for us. Um Thank you for bringing this this crusade to the forefront and to much more authenticity and alignment with the way we do consume so that what we're consuming is really um, enhancing our lives, you know, rather than maybe just uh, quick fixes or uh, dampening our spirit in some ways. So thanks for joining us. All Stacey's links are in the show notes, so go down there, check them out. Um, But just thanks so much for making the time to chat with us today. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Light Path Podcast. I hope that the information shared here has helped illuminate your path. Be sure to check out the show notes for links related to this episode. While you're there, remember to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. I'm Kirsten Leo, and I can't wait to explore and expand our capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love together in the next episode. 